welcome, welcome. You're listening to the Faith, Fitness, and Freedom Podcast, and I'm your host, Rebecca Haber Pentras, former overweight, atheist, corporate girl, turned fiercely fit, Jesus-loving, purpose-driven entrepreneur. And ladies, in today's episode, I'm going to talk about the five ways to effectively wait on God. And this episode, I recorded it originally as a uh training within our female Christian leaders private group. You are welcome to click the link in the show notes so that you can join me live in the future. But I don't want to attempt to redo this message because I feel as if as much as I prayed and prepared for the message, there was some flow that was in the mix that I don't want to try and recreate. I believe it was very much in the moment. I will tell you, spoiler alert, waiting does not mean sitting by, feeling anxious, and doing nothing. But with that, I'm going to hand it over or turn it over to the live talk that I gave with Inside Female Christian Leaders. Here we go. I think that this message, I I, I, gotta, <laughs> I guess I say that a lot. I think this message is fire because it's not from me. I truly, as I share all the time, especially with Monday Momentums, it's um, me really asking God, what is it that you want me to share? And uh, this was a little bit of an unexpected topic, so I know that someone on the other end of this, you are meant to hear this today as a reminder, encouragement, um, and how to wait effectively, because we know logically that God is never late, right? We know that His timing is perfect. His ways are above our ways. His thoughts are above our thoughts. We know all that. We know the scripture. We can repeat the scripture, and yet... Sometimes in the waiting, we can start to kind of waver in our belief. And even though we come back to the belief, it's those periods of wavering that can be challenging and difficult. And to be honest, it can also cause us to, um, I believe, sometimes miss the, the fullest extent of what he has for us and or delay our receiving in it if we aren't effectively waiting. So that's what I'm going to talk with you about today. And I want to start off by, I'm going to look over at my notes to make sure I get these uh, scriptures right, because I'm going to share some scriptures for you, with you. Um, the verse that really prompted this is, uh, that came to me in my quiet time this morning, uh, was, but you be strong and do not let your hands be weak for your weak, for your work shall be rewarded. But you be strong and do not let your hands be weak for your work shall be rewarded. Um, and I just realized I didn't write down the, the scripture. I'll go back and look at it and see what verse that was. I believe it was in uh, Psalms or it might have been Isaiah. But I so I'm wondering who that's for. And that's just for me, it just meant the reminder of like, don't grow weary in doing good was, of course, the next verse that came to mind. And so I started going down that study path in the Galatians 6, 9, it says, let us not grow weary while doing good for in due season, we shall reap if we do not lose heart. And this could be true for something that you're praying over or believing for in a personal relationship. I think for uh, many of you, it's that season in business because like I've shared here before, and I know many of you have shared with me as well, there is kind of this common collective feeling among female Christian entrepreneurs that they're hearing this message that this is the year of expansion, this is the year of fulfillment. And so we believe in and we're trusting in that next iteration of purpose and impact. And in the waiting, right, we get to be active participants on that. 
so some other verses that are related is uh, Psalms that I thought would be helpful for you today is Psalm 27, 14, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord, Psalm 27, 14. And then my my one of my go-to verses that is on my wall and has been for the last couple months was because God gave this to me personally as a spoken word was just that reminder because you'll hear me talk a lot about the importance of having vision, the importance of being able to articulate your vision and getting clear on it and really being able to feel it, imagine it, all those things because when you do that, you take greater, there's all kinds that you take greater action towards it, you build your certainty to it, all of the things. Uh, and one of the non, I want to say secular books, but he refers to uh, scripture often is psychocybernetics. And that's really what um, gave me that understanding and that, that importance of creating the vision. Um, but then it's also supported time and time again by God's word. And one of the powerful scriptures for that is Habakkuk 2, verse 1 through 3. And it says, I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me. And I want to break this down a little bit because it's so important to understand this, that again, in all things, we get to be an active participant. God's not going to press it on us. We get to choose to be actively diligent about it. So in this portion when we are waiting on vision there are so many things to first make sure that you're in alignment and so actually it's on my heart to share this kind of caveat or piece of it because I don't want I want to make sure that it's complete we've talked about this before but in relating to the waiting you want to make sure that you're waiting on the right things right and in order to do that you want to be able to make sure that you are discerning God's voice in order to do that you are in intentional relationship with him on a daily basis. You are truly living out the principle that you seek him first each and every day, that you are seeking to understand and know his character. And when you do that, Psalms talks about the fact that he will give us, when we delight in the Lord, he will give us the desires of the heart. That's not your desire. That is, is that when we are in close connection with him, when we are in this intimate bond relationship with him, then we allow ourselves to be open to receiving his will for us. So then in those, when we are, oh, dog, <laughs> that would be a maxism. <laughs> Max just hijacked the whole setup for a second, but luckily I caught it. Yeah, you're okay, buddy. It scared him too. Um, when we are in deep connection and relationship with God, then we can be rest assured that what you're feeling that you want, that vision that you, the goals, whatever you want to call it, vision, big goal for your life, for your relationships, for your business, that vision that you have for whatever aspect of life or each aspect of life, you can be rest assured that that's something God has put on your heart if you are doing, if you've already done your part in being in relationship in him, Right talks about, John also talks about, and Johnny talks about abide in me and I in you, right? Um, so when we're doing that, then we know that we have the vision, the goals, the dreams, the aspirations that he has given to us. So then we can be rest assured that they are coming in his perfect timing. And that's where it comes back to Habakkuk 2, Habakkuk 2 uh, verses one through three. And so it says, and I stand myself and I set my watch, I set or excuse me, I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me. So in this, 
he is expressing in context, he is expressing that he takes time out to go to a specific place to be in God's presence and to actively look for his voice into his life, to actively expect to be spoken to. So that's, that is an important aspect to understand. And then he is also then saying, and what I will answer when I am corrected. So not only is he expecting to see, receive direction, he is also expecting to receive correction. And it says, then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. So it affirms the importance of writing out that vision. And I'm obviously adding to this, but I believe one of the reasons that it's important to write it out is because, again, when you write it out and when you um, review it in your mind, meditate on it and relate as it relates to God's word, then you are building your self-belief and your certainty in it. And of course, I go into this in a lot more detail within um, Kingdom Fit Academy and my programs and coaching because it's such a critical aspect of making sure that you are truly experiencing and giving all that God has for you, right? And then when you do that, you're going to take more consistent action towards it. And it says, then he may run who reads it. And notice he doesn't just walk. He doesn't saunter. He is so excited. The person that reads the vision and believes in it with certainty runs towards it. And then it goes on to say, for the vision is yet for an appointed time, meaning it may not be right now. It may not be tomorrow, but it is written for an appointed time. And at the end, it will speak. It will not lie. Though it tarries, meaning maybe it doesn't happen in the timing that you expected, wait for it because it will surely come. It will not tarry, meaning it may be delayed or it may not be in the ideal timing that we think would be ideal, but it is in God's perfect timing. And so how do we wait with how do we effectively wait, right? There's all kinds of waiting, right? There is waiting and numbing out and watching, you know, hours of TV and, you know, not being very productive. And, and that could be perceived as waiting, right? But God wants us to be active participants. His word talks about it over and over and over again. So when I think through how do we effectively wait, actively wait, these five things come in mind. The first is to be deeply connected. And I kind of already talked about that, but it's about being diligent in your personal relationship with God. And it's not something that is one and done. It's not something that is just a Sunday service. You'll hear me talk about that all the time. It is to the extent in which you are investing time in God and in relationship with him, in getting to know him, is to the extent in which you are going to be aware of his presence. And I've talked about this in other uh, teachings and podcast episodes, but when you are bombarded by society 24-7, and I do say 24-7 intentionally because even when you're sleeping, your mind is working. Science has proven that. So your mind is working on whatever you have impressed upon it in your waking hours. And so you are literally being bombarded I'm going to give it a second because my computer is saying that we got interrupted for a second. I think we're good, though. 
Um, you are being bombarded 24-7 by the way of the world, by common society. We are not called to be common. We are called to be set apart. We are called to think uncommon thoughts. We are called to believe in uncommon things. And we are called to do uncommon things, right? And so in order for us to be able to do that, we have to be renewing our mind in Christ on a regular basis. And Sunday to Sunday is not going to get us through. Monday to Monday is not going to get us through. I don't think three times a week is going to get us through. Of course, you will get through, right? But it's how well will you get through, right? How well are you going to just get by or are you going to excel? And I know that if you're in this group and you consider yourself a leader, you are committed to excellence. You are committed to doing your best to become your best each and every day. And the critical part of that, it cannot be done without having a deep, intimate connection with God. And by investing that time on a daily basis, refueling, renewing your mind in his word, starting your day rooted with him, then you are aware throughout the day of his presence, of his direction, and how he might be navigating you on the big things to the small things like being at Starbucks and him prompting you to give somebody a compliment. Whatever it is, all of those little things are building your relationship with God. And it's so critically important to hold that in with reverence and respect because without it, you will unknowingly oftentimes take it for granted and you can miss what he's trying to give you, okay? The second is being prepared. And when I mean being prepared, meaning like whatever you're waiting on, the business goals, the relationship goals, we'll, st we'll talk about business today, be prepared by discerning what do you need to be doing. When it comes to business, are there skills that you need to continually develop? What are the, what are the skills? If you have a big vision or business goal, what, you know, one of the, the things that the tactics that's very helpful is thinking about five years from now, what does the business look like? Who are you five years from now? How does that person show up? What skills does that person need? right? And reverse engineer that. What do you know today? What's the gap? What resources, coaches, mentors, tools do you need to invest in in order for you to get to, to bridge that gap, right? So you're consistently working on the skills to be prepared for that vision. You can't just expect to get from point A to point Z without the work that needs to be done in between. And the work is on you as a person as well as your tangible skills. So that was actually two points, was that what you need to be doing to prepare in your skills, right? Your knowledge base, but also your state of being, right? How does that, where does your emotional intelligence need to be compared to where it is? When we talk about emotional intelligence, another word would be emotional mastery or your ability to control emotion, recognizing it and being able to, um, to process it effectively, not being driven by it, but being able to hold space for it, work through it is the fastest and best way to get through it. Otherwise, it shows up in other ways. That's another conversation. So again, one is being deeply connected to God. Two is being continually being in preparation. Three is being positioned correctly. And being positioned shows up as what environments are you in? And how so environments are who you surround yourself with, 
the circumstances, the physical environments that you put yourself in, are they positive? Are they like-minded? Are they examples of what is possible? And this is so critical when it comes to business and entrepreneurship to make sure that you're connected with both strong believing Christian women and strong believing Christian women that are also entrepreneurs. And honestly, the best way to do that is through coaching and mentorship groups because you can have a relationship, an online relationship with someone and that's what we're all about and connecting and, and doing all those things. And those are all needed and valid. It will, it elevates it to another level. That's like a redundant, but you are taking that experience to another level when you are invested, not only with a coach, but especially in a group, because you're each invested on a specific element of growth and you're typically financially invested, so you're paying more attention, you're going to be more connected, and you're going to have, uh, you can have more directed conversations because it's specific about whatever area or aspect you're growing in. Make sense? And I talk about this uh, in, I think, a post that I shared last week, but it's also super important. I talked about in the four lessons I wish I had learned faster as an entrepreneur. Um, it's also, if you want a copy of that, it's in here, but I also did a podcast episode. I can put it in the notes below if you want me to give you the link. Um, the four lessons I wish I learned faster as a Christian entrepreneur in the marketplace 12 years into my entrepreneurship. And one of them was this importance of making sure that you have a Christian entrepreneurial mentor in your life or coach because of the fact that as Christians, we are set apart, but as entrepreneurs, we are set apart, which makes us even more unique because entrepreneurs, your family, your friends, they might have the best of intentions, but they are not going to be able to relate to you in the same level. We think differently. We're wired differently. We take bigger risks or we should be taking bigger risks if you really want to expand to your greatest potential. And in doing so, we need people in our lives that can hold space for that level. And the people in our immediate circle may mean well, but they're not able, more often than not, they're not able to set the example of what's possible. They're not able to set the example and belief of that bigger version, right? Most people in our immediate circles are probably in, even if they're highly successful, which I'm sure they are, they're in a trading dollars for hours setting. And so the concept of entrepreneurial growth and entrepreneurial mindset and entrepreneurial investments is just not, if they were wired that way, they'd be an entrepreneur. And I'll just leave it at that because I could drill that one in the ground, right? Um, and then the second, so being positioned comes down to your environment, your physical environment, the people you surround yourself in. And then it also, again, comes down to your state of being. The, uh, the strength of your mind, your mental stability, not in your like being free of depression. We talk about that. Like it's not about just not being depressed. It's about truly being able to optimize the way you think, the way you function, the way you manage your mind and your ability to uh, make decisions decisively and quickly. Speed to decisions is one of the critical success ha habits. And then, of course, the second state of being is having a healthy body as well. Those two factors, your ability to manage your emotion, your ability to manage your mind, and your physical well-being directly impact the level of success, quote-unquote, you will experience. 
whether that be in experiencing joy in everyday life or the bottom line numbers of your business, they all tie back to those two critical elements. Because remember, as I talked about in the You Are the Operator, a different episode, you are the operator of your business. So to the extent in which you are caring for your spirit, your mind, and your body is to the extent in which you are either maximizing your greatest potential or you're somehow limiting it, right? Or slowing it down um, depending on the varying degree. The uh, Let's see, one, two, three. So the fourth is be expectant, right? Be expectant. So as you're watching live or replay, I've been on a roll, but I would love to like drop a one in the comments if this is firing for you, if this is landing for you. So the fourth being be expectant, meaning be looking for the open door. If you are not paying attention, you will walk right past it. Believe and keep believing, right? So in other words, be expectant every day, right? Today is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice on it, right? Something, Joyce Meyer says, something great is going to happen today, every single day. Believe that you are making progress. Believe that the the doors are opening, right? Don't don't wait for some big, huge milestone to recognize it, have gratitude for it, and celebrate it. Recognize the daily steps, and that builds the muscle, the literally builds your mental muscle and capacity to be able to see more of it. And then as you are doing the, as you are believing and looking, you also want to look for past evidence of where God's faithfulness has shown up for you, right? And by looking for past evidence, again, that supports your belief. Well, he did it there in that situation, that circumstance, he's going to do it again, right? And then last but not least, be diligent. So being diligent means being effective in execution, right? There's so many forms of stewardship. And so often we hear about stewardship in terms of, well, I don't know about you. (laughs) Tell me below, but if this is true for you, type it too. But like, usually I hear the word stewardship when it comes to like financial stewardship, at least from like, well, I'll just say it. I don't mean it in a bad way, but usually I hear it at church about financial stewardship, right? But we don't often hear about the other forms of stewardship. And it's the list is long, sister, right? The fact that you have a unique and greater purpose, that is the most, uh, that is the greatest stewardship responsibility we could possibly have. That you have a unique and greater purpose that it's up to you to cultivate to its greatest potential, right? And in order for you to do that, there's many different elements, but again, you get to be an active participant. But there's also stewardship of, so we hear all the time, stewardship of money, which is also true, very important. And I'm a firm believer in giving and and all that kind of stuff. You literally cannot outgive God. I've seen it happen over and over again. Start where you're at, but that's a whole nother story. But this, but even bigger than that is your time. Being a stewardship of steward, a good steward of your time, because time is more precious than money. Money is a renewable resource. Time is not. You can spend money and then you can create more of it, right? Time, once it's spent, it's gone. You can no never get the five minutes, the ten minutes, the hour back. It's gone forever, right? You can spend five, ten, a hundred thousand, ten thousand dollars, and you can recreate that. You can build the ability, or you can rebuild um, the ability to create that income. Right? Sometimes that happens in an instant. Sometimes it's over time. But my point is, is that it is a renewable resource. Time is not. 
So then how we spend our time is one of the greatest elements of our stewardship, in my opinion, because it comes down to our time with God, our time with our family, our time with our friends, how we're investing our time is incredibly important. So when it comes to business, we get to be effective and diligent and continually learn how to better manage our time. And I think different styles work for different people. However, I think sometimes we hide behind the idea of time freedom or flexibility or whatever it might be. And reality is there isn't anything that's going to surpass structure because you will be more effective when you are structured and organized and you have a plan of action set ahead of you, right? It eliminates, I actually don't want to go into that too much detail today because that will make too long of a video, but there's so much behind making sure that we use effective use in our time. And really it comes to all things that comes down to planning your, your work days, planning your, how you're going to take care of your self care, not leaving it to chance, um, planning how you're going to invest time with your family or your spouse or significant other and not leaving that to chance. It means being a good steward of your time means getting incredibly intentional, intentional, intentional about your time and how it's invested. And I talk about that a little bit in the um, free masterclass, the five highly effective habits for Christian women. So if you want access to that, you can type habits below and I'll um, give that to you while it's still available for free. So with that, I think that sums it up today. But again, as you are watching, I um, will circle back and go uh, engage in your guys' comments. I love when you guys comment. Let me know what your biggest takeaway is. And one of the things to help you get the most out of these trainings, because I do do a lot of them, is even if it's in your phone, take, as you're watching it or you're watching it on replay, take a couple notes in your phone notes, even if it's the one thing, right? Maybe not try to get everything, but the one thing that stands out the most to you, pick that one thing and focus on that for right now, right? Look at that, analyze that. How does that apply to you? Or how can you apply it in your day-to-day -day situation? Um, and start executing on that and that typically the one thing that stands out for you is typically the one biggest driver out of all the things that i've listed that if you do that one thing it'll make all things easier and that's uh something that again is a, a common business practice is when you're looking at things look at what's the one thing you can do that will make all other things easier or irrelevant right and that's true when we go to these kinds of trains listen to trainings or listen to something that we're learning, right? Um, there's so many different aspects too about being able to learn. I talk about that more in our um, five effective highly habits for Christian entrepreneurs um, and executive. You can, uh, I can give you the training that because I go into more detail in terms of how to best learn within that so that you get the most out of it. So love you guys. I'm gonna end this for now. But again, as you are watching this, type live or replay. Uh, hit the love and the like button, comment below, because when you do that, it helps push this up to more women within this group so they can be helped by it too. Bye for now, guys. Ladies, I hope that you enjoyed that recording and the training that I did within our private Facebook group, Female Christian Leaders. I have been... Uh, feeling prompted to potentially change the name, but the link will still be valid in the show notes if by the time you hear this episode that our, our online group or our 
uh, open community group might be um, named, have a different uh, name when you join, but the content in the heart of it remains the same. And so I pray that you will join us there. And if this podcast episode was helpful, I would love to hear from you. Take a screenshot of the episode, uh, tag me, share it in your stories, tag me on social media. Facebook and Instagram is Rebecca Tabbert or Rebecca Tabbert Contreras. And I would love to connect with you that way. It would also help me spread the word and get the message out about this uh, Faith, Fitness, and Freedom podcast so that more purpose-driven Christian women just like you can be helped by it. One last thing that would be a huge help is if you leave a review on whatever platform you are listening to. That helps the algorithms just organically know that it is worth listening to, and they will put it in front of more women. So appreciate your help and your partnership in getting the message out so that we can equip and empower women with the tools that God intends for them to live on purpose with greater purpose. And that's it, ladies. Bye for now. Love you. Bye.